0: George Bernard Shaw made the observation that 2% of the people think, 3% of the people think they think, and 95% of the people would rather die than think. While I am not entirely sure about the accuracy of his statistics, his sentiment certainly seems accurate. Independent thought is becoming a rare commodity today. So many people watch their curated news channels, listen to their favourite pundits, believe the curated information they are given, and take what they are told as truth. Very few people do their own independent research to verify if what they are being told is factually true. But our tendency to leave the thinking to experts can extend beyond the news cycle and into our churches we can attend Bible studies and listen to sermons without independently verifying what we are being told. Should we be double-checking what Bible experts tell us? Or would that demonstrate a lack of faith, and ungodly arrogance that should be squelched beneath Christian humility? If you've ever wondered if your mind matters when you go to church, then you will be interested in today's conversation as Kent Edwards, Vicki Hitzkis, and Nathan Norman focus their attention on the church in Berea in Acts chapter 17. Welcome to Crosstalk, a Christian podcast whose goal is for us to encourage each other to not only increase our knowledge of the Bible, but to take the next step beyond information into transformation. Our goal is to bring the Bible to life, into all our lives. I'm Brian French. Today, Dr. Kent Edwards, Vicki Hitzkis, and Nathan Norman continue their discussion through the book of Acts. And if you have a Bible handy, turn to Acts chapter 17, verse 10 to 13, as we join their discussion.
1: I need to begin this podcast with a confession. Today we're going to focus our attention on just one scene, one paragraph of a larger narrative. So to all our crosstalk global students who are listening what we are doing today (laughs) in this podcast is not what we teach in the classroom no i've been telling you for years we find natural units of scripture and highlight its main idea we did that last week in Acts 17. but if you will allow me for just this one time well at least this time i want to pursue a small but i think very important comment dr luke made in chapter 17, starting in verse 10. I think it's important.
2: I'll read it. It says, As soon as it was night, the believers sent Paul and Silas away to Berea. On arriving there, they went to the Jewish synagogue. Now, the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. That's interesting, isn't it? As a result, many of them believed, as did a number of prominent Greek women and many Greek men.
1: Hmm. So in this scene, I know it's not a natural unit, but it is a scene. And in this scene, Dr. Luke makes a unique observation about this particular church. What is it?
2: Well, they got saved because of Paul. Mm-hmm. Uh, they being the Christians at, where, where is this, Thessalonica, right? or Barea, at Berea. The Berean, Jew, at, the, at Berea. Mm -hmm. And yet, when, and and they were all jazzed about being saved. This is Mm -hmm. my theological vocabulary. (laughs) And yet, they would go back, and when they would hear Paul preach, this is the guy who led them to the Lord, they go back and examine the scriptures to make sure that what he was saying was true.
1: Hmm. So I think Dr. Luke points this out to us because it was not common practice, right? I mean, he's commending them for their unusual activity. Um, if it is unusual, then what's the most more common practice of people who might be listening to sermons?
3: Well, to either absorb it and just believe everything or to argue from their own presuppositions and understanding, right? How, how they've already interpreted things. They're not engaging in it. They're just saying, Nope, it's all garbage. And I know better. Okay. So what they're
1: not doing is comparing and contrasting the message that they have heard preached from the scriptures. Mm -hmm. they're not not checking it against the scriptures right right
2: and that's a key phrase against the scriptures i've had friends say oh he's wrong and then you get all angry at the preacher but they don't Mm -hmm. go back and
1: look at the scripture Mm -hmm. right is what the preacher said actually rooted in the text what what's the danger of just not thinking as george bernard said just allowing someone else to do your thinking for you and simply absorbing what is being said?
2: Well, you can get a lot of bad theology because what is being said is not true. And you can have a lot of theology in your own head that's very dear to you, and it's nonsense. Mm. So it's good to go back. It's it's very, it's wise to go back and check it against scripture.
3: Yeah, And, and to jump off what you're saying, so when you're out in the world... You're, you've you trained your mind to just absorb whatever information you're getting, right? So you're training your brain to just go along with the flow mm-hmm. instead of thinking it through.
1: Yeah, what we're saying is, I'm going to allow another person to do my thinking for me, hmm. right? Right. And I will accept what they are saying because of their position, their authority, their whatever, um, their education level. I'm going to accept what they say as true without bothering to verify it i think that's uh, i think it's very dangerous i think that's why uh, jesus in matthew 7 says watch out for false prophets they come to you in sheep's clothing but inwardly they are ferocious wolves by their fruit you will recognize them do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles every place like, likewise every good tree bears good fruit but a bad tree bears bad fruit thus by their fruit you will recognize them false prophets are like ferocious wolves they will destroy you and they'll do that by giving you false teaching the fruit of a preacher is preaching and if they give you bad fruit bad teaching you will be destroyed
3: and that's strong language isn't it it sure is it's horrifying and you're going to eat that fruit, and not realize that you're going to die. I, I don't remember what the nut was. My brother was telling me, I think it's almonds that almonds originally were poisonous to people. You would eat them and they would taste good. And then the second time you ate them, you would die because what? of the toxins that built wow. up and monks over the course of like three or four generations engrafted things to make almonds edible to human beings. And so that that poisonous strain doesn't even exist anymore. Now, I don't know how they did that. Like, Brother Theo, <laughs> it's your turn to have the almond a second time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: Maybe we'll see you in the morning. But but the almonds, if I'm remembering the nut correctly, the almonds are a great illustration of that, right? You eat it and you're like, oh, this is good. But then if you have it again, it it, it kills you. And that's what false teaching does. You, you have it and you go, oh, okay, whatever. This sounds good. I'm going to like this. But if you follow through with that false teaching, it ultimately destroys your life and it ruins your relationship with God. It can ruin your relationship with other people. And things aren't working the way you should. And you either walk away from Christianity or you become some sort of, you know, weirdo Christian. Yeah.
1: As a kid, my uh, parents got involved, as I've shared before, with a group that, uh, yeah, they were, they were off track. Um, I would call them a cult. And uh, my parents, uh, they look really good. They sounded really good. They were accepted in the platforms of major churches in my city and got on Christian TV, and my parents were into it, and so I accepted what they said. Um, why wouldn't I? I mean, my parents trust them, everyone trusts them, so I just trust them. It was only by the grace of God that I was able to uh, get out of that group. And I went to Bible school, and I was stunned to be able to look at the passages that they had used to communicate their message and realize they were totally wrong. They were wrong here. They were wrong here. They were wrong here. they were All over the place, they were wrong. And I, man, I got sucked in. I did not do what the Berean Christians did. I didn't compare what they said with what the Bible is actually saying. I just accepted it. And that's deadly. That can kill you. It had terrible consequences um, on so many people. But often, people don't think that they should do that. They shouldn't question the preacher. Why?
3: Well, they say, I thought we are supposed to live by faith and not by sight.
1: (laughs) So faith means, according to some people, that we accept what we're told. Check your brain at the door. (laughs) (laughs) But that can't be true. God made us to think, didn't he?
3: Right. Well, and that that objection, you know, we're supposed to live by faith and not by sight. Yes, we walk by faith and not by sight. But the object of that faith is the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. Uh, and, and it's not in the preacher. Right. So so there's the right. fallacy right there. Right. Of course, God made us to think the uh, Shema uh, going all the way back to the Torah says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength. Right. So we're supposed to be able to think.
1: Right, and if you look at even when God created Adam and Eve in the garden, there was a big difference between them and the animals. Right? (laughs) He he said to to the animal, or he said to Adam and Eve, "You know, I want to have a conversation with you. I want to talk with you. Um, We are having an intellectual discussion together. And by the way, I want you to rule over other things. I want you to name the animals. I want you to take control over things. Clearly, they're thinking beyond that which an animal could do." Um, He made us to think I'm reminded of Job. God said to Job in chapter 38 and again in chapter 40 brace yourself like a man I will question you and you will answer me we are going to have a discussion here Job and I want you to bring your mind to the party because I've got some things I want to tell you now faith is not the absence of thought it's a reasoning trust which reckons thoughtfully and confidently on the trustworthiness of god and his word he gives us the bible to think about not just to memorize well another objection would be i've never been to a seminary or i'm not a pastor i'm not an expert uh who am i to question these people and what would you say to them
3: i think the bible is written in plain language and we have good translations of it um, so that you can look at it and uh, and see if what's being said is true. Also I have gone to seminary and I have listened to some of those sermons <laughs> preached in some of those classes <laughs> and those people did graduate and uh, <laughs> just because they went to seminary doesn't mean they're uh, they're they're good people right it, it really doesn't and it doesn't necessarily
2: and a lot and a lot of them didn't go to seminary you see a lot of people on TV and they're just preaching garbage right. And- People are taking it hook, line and sinker.
3: Yeah, and, and we have the Holy Spirit. I mean, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, God the Holy Spirit dwells within you and he helps interpret the scripture for you uh, as you're going through it. I remember years ago I was at a church that was very, it was very topical And one of the guys who's still a friend of this day, he said, well, you know, and pastor so and so, when he preaches, you know, I bring my Bible. No one brought their Bibles because they all put it up on the PowerPoint. And he, you know, he used like 15 texts to say whatever he wanted to in the, the sermon. And sometimes it was good. Sometimes it wasn't. But he's like, you know, so I can follow and I can make sure that, you know, everything he's saying is accurate. And and I kind of chuckled at that because if you're doing that in the middle of the sermon, I mean, he's going from text to text to text to text to text. You can't actually sit there and see if the context is correct. You're going to have to spend the next day going through that text and saying, is this the correct context? And I'll tell you, there was one time where uh, he wanted to make the the point of, we have to think positively. And he quoted Job who said, all of my worries have come true. And and he said, so look at that, you know, don't be like Job uh, and think positive. And I'm like, What what blaspheme against Job, this poor guy, right? Your whole family, everything you know is gone. And he's like, oh, this is the worst thing that could ever happen to me. Don't be like that, Debbie Downer, you know? (laughs) What a loser, (laughs) crying about his dead children. (laughs) Think positive. (laughs) So it doesn't matter. And that guy did go to seminary. Uh, It doesn't matter if you've been to seminary and, and one person's been to seminary and you haven't. We have God, the Holy Spirit. The Bible is written so that we might know the way of salvation. We might understand it. Don't don't use it as an an understandable book. It absolutely is. So the average person could read it and understand it. Yes,
1: the main ideas, and and the Holy Spirit could help in that. Absolutely. Wow. Is that why we read in Acts chapter four, unschooled ordinary men turned the world upside down?
3: Yeah, some of them were fishmongers.
1: Really. So Jesus would actually take commercial fishermen who were not noted for any great intellectual stature and make them his apostles?
3: Yeah, as we talked last week, no fisherman became the head of Athens, right? None of them were like, (laughs) you know, there's no Aristotle and also he fished on the side. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe
1: God delights in uh, putting his grace into jars of clay. Amen. Maybe he loves seeing ordinary people Come to maturity in christ by reading the bible and seeing for themselves what the bible says and that's why the berean christians were commended because they wanted to make double sure that their faith was in the right place and and what's interesting paul was not offended paul didn't say who do you think you are to question me don't you realize my pedigree in my education he did not say that did he nope why? Why do you think it didn't bother Paul?
3: Like, well, knew what he was saying was true, and he knew if they <laughs> were if they were genuinely looking at the scriptures, they would come to the same conclusion. Right. He's nothing to fear.
2: Uh, is- I'm in a Bible study with two, one very mature Christian and two very new Christians, and the two new Christians they're hungry and they write things down and they look things up, uh-huh. and I'm sure like Paul, it's it's beautiful to see that. And I'm sure Paul was like tickled, you know, just to see them be hungry and look it up and, you know, it's a little, it's a little like, oh, who do you think you are to (laughs) to challenge me? But on the other hand, it's, it's like, oh, isn't this cool that they take this so seriously? Mm -hmm. This is great.
1: Wow. And any good sermon is plagiarism, right? (laughs) Sure is. All all I'm doing is taking exactly what the Bible says and saying it again in ways that connect with my listener. So check and see right nothing to hide and an expository sermon i would argue is not a method of preaching it's a philosophy any type of sermon can be expository if it exposes what the original author was meaning to communicate in the text that's what we have to do that's what any bible study leader or preacher needs to do so let's bring this down to to earth we want to bring God's words to life, to the life of our listeners. So in application, how should our listeners be listening to sermons or Bible teaching? How should they be listening?
2: Well, we, we need to listen and think, is this true? First fundamental question. Or what what's that person saying?
1: Yeah, what's what are the they preacher
2: saying? really saying? Mm-hmm. And then is that true? Do I believe it? Based on what I know about Scripture or need to know about Scripture, I need to go check that out
3: yeah it's it's not uh it's not hyper angry or no critical but it's it it's critical to the point where you're saying okay is this true not like ai hey, hey, am gonna prove this false right i don't mean a negative <laughs> approach i don't come assuming that this
1: preacher has bad motives but i come with an inquiring mind right what what are you telling me like and, and how do i know that this is in the bible show me again um so I can actually be sure that it's true. What the Berean Christians did is probably the best way to protect ourselves from the danger of false teaching, from being eaten by wolves. I'm just, I, What do we do if, when we're listening to a message, we either don't understand what the preacher is trying to say, it's just totally confusing, or what they say is not in the Bible. So what do we do then?
2: not in the bible or it's wrong
1: pick one or both it could be I, that that it is you know good sermon wrong text right and it could be sure co- when, totally contrary to scripture
2: depending on the age of the preacher sometimes i've gone up and i've just asked the preacher how how did you get that and sometimes oh i use i i don't tend to correct my preacher i'll, I'll ask him and um and I'll say that's interesting I, I I don't see that and I'll go well you're wrong <laughs> but I'll tell them I, I i don't i don't I don't see that and sometimes I'll say why I don't as you see you know, their knees buckle but um but uh, but I'll go hear them out and see if I miss something but I, I I think it helps them to know somebody's listening hard to what they're saying I know pastors get beat up every single Sunday even if they do things right so I don't I don't want to but if they did it every single Sunday then I'd make an appointment and say you know what <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about this if it's just once every many months I'd let it go but if it's frequently then I'm I would even get the elders involved in it because it's serious hmm.
3: Yeah, I do. I I think that's great that you can go up. I, I think you should be able to go up to the pastor and say, "Hey, I don't I don't understand this. Where are you coming from it, or where is that in the Bible, or how are you interpreted that from this text," and and see what they respond. I mean, it might have been a misunderstanding on your part. It it might have been poor communication, uh, or it could just be outright. Well, I just decided to throw that in there. Uh, but that's important, and that's part of the problem with our our current day and age where you know, we get so much of our our theological understanding from celebrity preachers or whatnot is you can't do that with them. There's, there's no way to go up and talk with them.
1: You're right. I think, I think one of the obligations we have as a person in a congregation is to, in as nice a way as possible, as you were saying, Vicki, in a way that is not aggressive or angry, say, "I, I, I don't understand what you were saying today. I, I, I'm not sure that I I got your point. Could you help me understand the point when that's the issue? And likewise to say uh, when necessary, it's not in the text. I, I don't see that in this text. Show me, if I missed it, show me where you get that from that text. Because it's only if we are willing to do that that we can protect the flock. I do think we have an obligation to the larger Christian community to be able to make sure that the teachers that are feeding us, that are giving us the nutrition we need to grow in Christ are doing so properly. As James is right, not many of us should presume to be teachers because we will be judged more severely. We can help the flock by making sure that the teaching that they receive is healthy and mature Christian leaders like Paul should never be threatened if someone says, Where do I find that in the Bible? Check and see, because I am confident that uh, what I have said is in harmony
3: with scripture. Be like the Bereans. Now the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. Because your mind matters.
0: The question of the day is this. As we listen to Christian teaching, how can we become the best followers of Jesus possible? The answer is don't just assume what you hear is true, but be sure the teaching you get is biblical. I trust that today's discussion of God's word has been helpful and served as an encouragement to not just be hearers of the word, but doers. Together, let's bring God's word to life. To our lives this week. The Crosstalk Podcast is a production of Crosstalk Global, equipping biblical communicators so every culture hears God's voice. To find out more about this educational nonprofit organization, please visit www.crosstalkglobal.org. You can also help support this show by rating it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're enjoying it. Be sure to tune in next Friday as we continue our discussion of the Book of Acts. You won't want to miss it.